Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe my sight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Not multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. Here Hello we and welcome to the Open Your Eyes podcast. I'm Dr. Kerry Gelb, the host of the documentary, Open Your Eyes. If you're new here and you like our interviews, press like, subscribe, share, and hit the bell to get notifications of great new interviews. Also, please leave comments. Great news. You can now watch our full-length documentary, Open Your Eyes, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube movies and shows. Young baseball fans who grew up in the 50s and 60s and for years after idolized the great Mickey Mantle. We copied his batting stance, had the same haircut, wore his famous number seven, collected his baseball cards, and imitated his home run trot. Mickey, one of the all-time great baseball players, wanted to be remembered as a true teammate. Recently, his rookie baseball card sold for $12.6 million. Mickey was blessed with four sons. Today's guest, Mickey's second-born son, David, joins us today. David, what an honor. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, sir. I'm, uh, we're proud to be here, and uh, we're just glad that people keep asking to talk to us. You know, it helps keep Dad's name out there. So I got to ask you, the first thing I want to ask you is, what did you think when his baseball card was sold for $12.6 million? Why didn't we own it? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. But, uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, we, we, this, our family, we have never had a, uh, the rookie card in our possessions, not one of his sons or, you know, maybe dad, when he signed with tops back then, maybe they sent because Danny, I think my little brother told me that, uh, they did send, uh, you know, now with them, we do get cards, but back then he said they sent them too. So, you know, knowing dad, he might've gave them away. Wow. So, uh, what is it about your father that people idolized, you know, he was almost like a a mythical superhero type figure. Why do you think that happened? I don't know. I think a lot of it was, you know, with the generation he came up with, you know, uh, 
when they were dad's age, you know, that was during some hard times, really, you know, uh, just getting out of World War II. And, uh, uh, you know, also with his injuries, you know, like Billy Crystal said, you know, he would try to run like him around the bases. It's just people wanted to uh, be just like him and uh, act just like him. Uh, well, in some ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it was, it, it's, it's hard to, you know, I need to ask what, you know, I've been doing uh, uh, card shows every other month. I go there and I sign uh, a picture of uh, Danny uh, me and dad, it was for, uh, uh, it's a great picture of us at the restaurant when it was still there. And of course, you know, my other brothers weren't around, but, uh, 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 so I take that and I sign it and I love giving it to the young fans. I mean, there was a little seven-year-old girl and an eight-year-old, uh, 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 her, uh, brother, you know, their dad had brought them in and I, I signed them that picture and everything. And he goes, she's got a crush on you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you always resembled your dad quite a bit. I'm sure people mis would mistake you for your dad. I know. I probably should have shaved. <laughs> so, uh, so as you were growing up and watching your dad play baseball, was it just so something like, well, it's just my dad? Or did you realize how special the whole, how special of a baseball player he really was? You know, it was it was just our dad, and that's how he, you know, acted with us. It was, uh, I tell you what, it was really special, though. You know, how many other kids, you know? Of course, we got the, the Whitey Fords and, uh, uh, you know, other players like that. But, you know, we got to go up to New Jersey, you know, during some of the seasons, and we would uh, rent a house up there and stay. But then, you know, who else would get to go to spring trainings almost every year? And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we got to do, and, I enjoyed uh, getting the spring training. You know, I always considered it was a family because I, I got down there. I couldn't wait to see the kids or, you know, the other ball players, kids. And then, of course, the wives hung out and the players hung out. It was I always said it was really a family. So of all the players that your father played with, who was like the nicest player to the kids? They used to come over and talk with with the kids. Uh, I thank Phil Rizzuto. He was great. But, you know, Whitey always had a joke. And, oh, God, when Billy would come to visit, Billy Martin, uh, <laughs> he always had something to do. I, I remember one joke with them. Uh, we were going to go out to dinner, and, you know, Billy was with us. And so uh, before we left the house, I was standing right there when they said it. Billy goes, okay. Billy had already planned this, and we haven't even left the house. And uh, he goes, hey, Mick, are we going to sign autographs tonight or something like that? Do you want to or not? And Billy goes, I don't really want to. He goes, okay, we won't sign. So we get there and we're at the restaurant. Here comes somebody over, man, Mick, can I get your autograph? He goes, no, nah, man, I'm not signing that. Billy goes, here, I'll sign that. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they would always tease each other. Oh, Billy and dad, I tell you what, I think it drove mom nuts though. Because Billy would go hunting with us. Uh, he, you know, it, you know, if he wasn't married at the time or whatever, you know, he would come stay with us, you know, for uh, sometimes for the off seasons, you know, not the whole time, but, you know, we had a room set up for him and uh, he'd come stay with us and he'd cook all these big meals and he'd make this big mess. And I mean, he'd had this pot that's, you know, covered the whole stove and he'd be throwing all kinds of Italian stuff in there. And uh, all I know is mom goes, yeah, he's a great cook, but he doesn't clean up. <laughs> 
So what do you think it was about Billy Martin that made him such a good manager? Oh God, he just knew the game. I mean, he 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 uh analyzed every bit of him. And you know, Billy Martin Jr., thank God. I I, I love getting to see him. You know, at that card show, he showed up too and hung around. Uh but you know, they live over in Arlington, Texas, which is not too far from Dallas. And uh so man, we get to see him a lot, which is great. And uh it, it's just always fun with him, but Billy, but I talked to Billy a little bit about it, but it's like he said, he, he, he was, you know, three steps ahead of the other manager. You know, when your father came up to the Yankees, uh, it was said that Joe DiMaggio really wasn't very nice to him. Is that, is that the true story or? Uh, yeah. I, I, I hate to say it. I'm not trying to say anything bad about Joe and, you know, in case he's got some fans out there, but uh, he just, I, Joe was just a kind of a quiet person. I think I, I never got to meet him. Uh, but I just think that, I don't know. I don't think it was, uh, you know, he, it was kind of his last year or two or anything. So he might not have been happy about, you know, having to retire, but, uh, Joe was not really, uh, very accepting. Like dad got some uh, rookie come to the team, man. He'd take them out to dinner and get to know them and, you know, make sure they were, uh, you know, okay and all that stuff who do you think today of all the baseball players was the most like your father i don't know man uh you know when you think it, you know there were uh bobby mercer he got to play center field for uh the yankees too you know after dad left so i mean he you know we uh the Mer speaking of that the mercer family they were up in oklahoma city uh they have since since his passing they've moved to dallas too so uh we were at the game, uh, you know, they played the Rangers uh, the last three or four games uh, of the season here in uh, the new ballpark in uh, Arlington. But uh, we were sitting with the uh, Martins and the uh, Mercers, and it was a great time. I remember when Bobby Mercer came up to the Yankees with Jerry Kenny and uh, toward the end of your dad's career. And, you know, I kind of, I, I was kind of toward the end of your dad's career, and I was actually at Mickey Mantle Day in 1969. Were, were you, I guess, all, all the boys, were you guys all there? Uh, no. Uh, I I don't, I can't remember if any of us got to go. Uh, it was, uh, uh, I know, oh, when, for Mickey Mantle Day, I think uh, Mickey Jr. got to go. And, and of all uh, your br brothers, who who was like the who played baseball? Who like oh the my, I I can't brag about my older brother enough. I swear. Besides taking care of us, and uh, you know, Dad always told him, you know, when I'm gone, uh, you make sure everybody's okay and you watch mom. But man, Mickey Jr. He could play golf. Uh, I remember even when we were in school, he played kickball, and he there was a picture of him hanging out in the trophy room. Mom put it up that you know he. Had, uh, he kicked 37 over the fence <laughs> in kickball. And, uh, you know, he's sitting there holding the ball with 37 over the fence. Uh, but, you know, Mickey Jr., he was just natural like that, too, I think. And it's, I think it's just really sad that he didn't get to play. He tried it for a while, but I don't know what the pressure would have been like. And any any of the grandchildren, uh, or I don't know if there's great grandchildren now that got the gene, the Mickey Mantle baseball gene. You know what's really kind of a uh, sad is, you know, Dad and Mom they had all boys, 
and then uh dad sons and mom sons we uh we all mainly had daughters and danny's got one uh son that's it we got one man to carry on the name <laughs> so <laughs> and, we take care of him does, does he play ball or was he a ball player he did play some uh football and uh baseball but uh you know the generation's a little different and danny didn't force it on him uh he's kind of into uh other stuff you know like kids today sits and, on the computer you know your 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 grandfather the story goes with would have your father play baseball every day with him and he really trained him and he, you brought your father had i guess i guess it was six kids all together yes and how come he picked uh your father as opposed to one of his brothers or your grandfather well, just knew it dad was the oldest uh theodore was uh uh his uh like stepbrother uh Mutt's uh wife Lovell, uh she had been married before. So Theodore was like a stepbrother, or I mean or is it a half brother? Whatever it's called. I get confused uh -huh. with that. But uh but uh so dad was the oldest, uh really that he saw potential. And uh, you know, he had his grandfather to pitch to him, uh, I think it was uh left-handed, and then Mutt would pitch to him right-handed. I hope I got that right, or other words it's uh reversed. <laughs> But every day when he'd get home from school and finish his chores and Mutt would get home from the uh, lead and zinc mines there, uh, man, they just, they played till dark pitching to him. And I just, we, we were talking about that the other day, me and Danny, about how Mutt, uh, he just knew that there was going to be uh, a thing in baseball where, you know, being a lefty and a righty is going to really help. And uh, man, him foreseeing that made dad and he, he was pretty tough on your dad your grandfather right oh well dad was tough on us too but uh you know he, he didn't force us into baseball but mutt was uh you know that was those times then and they were hard times i mean dad would talk about how uh uh all the sons they had to sleep in uh one bed and they would fight if it's winter time they'd fight to get in there first so they'd be in the middle <laughs> <It'd be warm. laughs> But, uh, you know, they, he said they still had the cold oil lamp, the outhouse, you know, the, the pump at the kitchen sink for water. It was, uh, you know, so he grew up uh, not too easy. You know, that, that was the time in America. And, you know, he was always very fast. They called him the Commerce Comet. That's right. I tell you, he, I, that was just something natural. <laughs> but, you know, Dad, he, he, he taught it to us, too. But... Uh, I don't think we caught on like he did. Dad was so determined, you know, to uh, make his dad proud too and just, you know, to be the best he could be. But being fast like that, that was just a God-given trait. What are, what are the pros and cons of having such a famous parent? I, I tell you what, I can remember us, you know, going to school and I was at a birth or my, having my birthday party and, uh, one of my gifts, the kid talked me out of it. And, uh, you know, he wasn't really that good a friend. But, you know, we always, you know, of course, dad probably had no telling how many people used him. But, you know, even as we get older, we still see people trying to use us for whatever. And, you know, dad's not even here. Wow. One kid, he goes, man, uh, when am I going to get to meet your dad? <laughs> uh, well, you know, people could say some pretty, uh, pretty, pretty mean things, so. You know, so uh, oh yeah, and they didn't really mean it, but you know, hey, 
I, I, I was that uh, step get stacked. MacU Health, your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. The All Eyes Visual Hall VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Rub your eyes often? Blurry or double vision driving at night? Red light, stop. You may have keratoconus, a progressive eye disease which can cause vision loss. Visit couldidbkc.com to take the quiz. If you rub your eyes and are experiencing changes to your vision, this may be a symptom of keratoconus, a progressive eye disease that may lead to significant vision loss. Early diagnosis is important, so don't ignore the simple act of rubbing your eyes. Please visit livingwithkc.com. You know, your father, we, we talked a little bit before, but he was almost like a, almost like, you know, like a superhero. You know, people just wanted to go next to him, and it was almost like a, a, a religious experience to be next to your father. Oh, yeah. I, it was uh, just be but one thing good about dad, he had like these, uh, uh, he, he, he had a great personality and, uh, he could, uh, joke with people and he could talk. He, uh, you know, was just, uh, people, he, he had that personality. He was always wanting to play a joke. And, uh, you know, I can remember when, uh, another one, uh, Joe Pepitone, when he came to the Yankees, he was the first one to bring a hairdryer to, uh, uh, into the locker room and uh i can remember that they put like a some kind of powder or something in them so when he turned it on it blew up <laughs> and, and pepitone was known for having a fake hair right he wore it yeah he had his hair yeah. and, and uh, you know everybody else dad was like i said you know he wouldn't approve of this beard or uh you know i still have short hair but oh i can remember he let us kind of slide during uh you know, our high school years, but you know, it, he just kind of, I guess, accepted it, but man, there for a while we were not, we couldn't have hair over the ears or anything. So, I mean, that was good. I think to be, uh, you know, he was, uh, uh, you know, raised real tough too. So that's how he did us. So uh, there was a story and, and I don't know if you remember it, but I guess they were on the bus and Phil Linz was playing the harmonica. And and they and the the manager at that time I think it was Yogi and they and they said what did he say and he said play it louder. Yeah, Wait, you could, do you remember that story? I think it's Dad or was it maybe it was Yogi that said it, but they were getting kind of tired of it. And uh, <laughs> I remember Dad talking about it once. I hope I don't mess it up, but uh, uh, but they were on that bus and I don't know why he uh, decided to start playing a harmonica, but uh. Man, I guess they were, maybe they lost. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, they weren't in too good a mood, I guess, to hear a harmonica. And I guess the manager got got, got mad at uh, Phil Lins for playing oh, yeah. louder. Yeah. So uh, oh, what was, you know, what was uh, Phil Rizzuto and what was it like when say, someone like Phil Rizzuto would come over the house or spend some time with the family who someone who became such a great announcer for the Yankees 
he actually became part of the family and uh and your father actually became an announcer later on yeah. what was it like that with phil i tell you what 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 i really remember the most about phil is uh the spring trainings he would always you know after they'd get back uh from the field or practice or whatever you know they'd all come out and, uh you know lay out by the pool and get on the beach with us and all that stuff uh but uh phil always seemed to like always kind of talk to us and play shuffleboard and you know i but what was sad or not sad but it was funny at least to us but uh the ford uh boys tommy and uh eddie they knew that phil hated uh bugs and stuff and he's after laying down one time and they dropped a lizard on his chest and i bet he made it to the ocean in zero flat <laughs> but then they were i mean even his daughters messed with him they put a snake in one of his uh suitcase when they were getting ready to go on the road <laughs> so they did all they had all these kind of practical jokes was there anybody that was like really really serious and you couldn't even joke with them at all go d <laughs> <laughs> uh you know i don't think so i think they were all uh you know they like to have fun and you know they were a family they really were and it's like you know you were talking about earlier you know, uh, we made sure uh, we put on dad's uh, plaque at the uh, burial site that, uh, you know, a true teammate. And I, I I consider they were all true teammates. They, like I said earlier, they were a family. And it just, uh, I think that's one reason they won. They didn't want anybody to be traded. Uh, they loved each other. They hung out together. Today's, I don't know if they really hang out with each other. I mean, <laughs> You know, back then, I mean, it's like I said, in the off time, you know, at spring training stuff, and they were all back at the hotel, uh, having fun around the pool, joking everybody, you know, you know, being on the beach and stuff like that. It's just, I don't really see that today. I, I don't think there's that, uh, you know, I mean, I hate to say it, but, you know, hey, you, you know, it's too bad dad and them didn't make that kind of money. But, you know, uh, maybe people don't want to get too close to other people, you know, because, you know, shoot your contracts up and they're gone. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, now these guys are making so much money and they have to take such good care of their bodies or they may, or they won't, make, they might not make the money, you know, so they really take good care of themselves. Back in the day, did they know anything about nutrition or doing anything to try to try to take care of themselves? Did your father lift weights? Because your father would hit the ball. No, so he, he didn't lift weights as far as I know. Maybe he did a little bit for, uh, rehabilitation from uh you know the injuries they might have had him do it but it's too bad he didn't probably listen to him more about the uh what to do you know healing from a uh a uh, surgery or whatever but god I, man he got all his muscles you know he was working in those lead and zinc mines too with his dad I, there's an, a picture that i i saw it again the other day i was looking at it uh you know that picture of dad leaning with his arm on that uh mining truck and he's all got overalls on and got you know the smudges on the face and wearing the gloves and stuff man he was uh you know busting those rocks and and your dad wasn't really that big right he was like 511 190 511 six foot maybe yes yeah uh, i think god i think he weighed uh god was it 195 was was roger pretty big was was roger pretty big no he was about dad's size Oh, in, in right? fact, he uh, he was just as tall, but I think dad was a little bit bigger in the chest and stuff. 
but Roger, you know, had that good swing too. And what was it like when the two of them had the competition, Roger and your dad, going for Babe Ruth's record? You know, uh, that year that they did it in 61, uh, they lived together that season. And uh, dad would, you know, come in and goes, uh, 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 hang on just a second. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Somebody just called. Dad. That's what's no bad about doing it on the phone. No uh, but uh, uh, Dad walked in there and uh, gave uh, Roger the paper. He goes, look, man, we're fighting. <laughs> But you know, they were good friends. You know, and you know, just kind of like the movie. Uh, you know, when Dad was in the hospital, Roger there. But Dad did say uh, he goes, "Roger, go get him." And you know, when Roger hit that sixty-first home run, I guess it was the last day of the season. The stadium wasn't even full. There was only about like twenty-three, twenty-four thousand people there. That's crazy. You know, like uh, in the movie, it showed it, it was just. I don't know why they weren't getting the uh, crowds in. I, I, I really have no idea about that. You know, I just, I can't figure out. Maybe you all can, but I, I don't know why, you know, they had a great team. And I mean, you had this uh, home run stuff going. Maybe it was just a tough time or something like that. And nobody could, uh, you know, get to the game. But I, I've never understood that. Why that, uh, you know, like we went out there to watch uh, Judge, you know, like I was saying, uh, in the Arlington ballpark. And uh, that place was standing room only, too. Right, right. And everybody wanted to be out there where the ball might go. <laughs> you know, it's funny because as Judge was getting close to the record, you know, he hit 59 and he seemed to he was seemed to be really pressing. He kind of went into a slump and he kind of just made it. And it, I thought it carried on into the playoffs a little bit. I don't know if you watched the playoffs with the Yankees, but it seemed like it, it affected him. Uh, the pressure. Oh, just think about Roger too. I just remember Dad saying, uh, "With Roger, you know, he was losing his hair and all that. It's just, you know, every day it was, you know, something else about him being in the paper. You know, every, you know, it's kind of like I'm with Roger and them. You know, people were still with Babe Ruth. And, and why do you think people were rooting for your father to break the record, but they were rooting against Roger to break the record? I don't know. I think maybe uh, I wish they both would have done it. Maybe if dad hadn't gotten injured, they would have. He was uh, had 54 when he uh, uh, got injured and couldn't finish the season. But uh, I, I really don't know. When when your dad had 54, how many did Roger have at that, at that time? When oh, God, I think he only had like, uh, I mean, he wasn't too far behind. That's what I meant. Uh, probably like 52 or something like that. Oh, so your dad was actually ahead of Roger at that time. Yeah, just just uh, by a one or two or something. I can't really remember. But at the time when he got injured, dad was ahead. Your if dad, I got it right. Your dad seemed to be kind of like, uh, you know, the pressure during with the pressure, he would actually do better, not worse. He was one well, of those special people. I do remember this, you know, back in 61. Uh, dad said, hey, there was no pressure on him. He goes, man, they were all booing Roger. He goes, man, this first year I haven't been booed. So, you know, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> you know, and what do you think was the people like your father, Tiger Woods, that do better under pressure? What do you think it is that they have that they're able to do that and they don't tense up? Uh, it's just determination and the mindset. You 
God, it's just, you know, like how did dads put up with all those injuries? I mean, one day I was getting ready to go to school. I think I was a senior and uh, I was leaving and he was on the couch uh, sitting there watching the morning news. And he goes, David, come here. I want to show you something. I sat next to him. He took his right leg. He like pushed it down, turned it all the way to the left, turned it all the way to the right. And then he like sticks it back up. I'm going. And wow. he didn't say nothing else. And I said, I'll see you after school. <laughs> and I don't know why he showed that to me. You know, he had little ways to teach us, man. He always said, take the pain. And he, I guess his first major injury was when he stepped on the grate in the outfield. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even Willie Mays, we were talking about this uh, last weekend, too, at that card show. Uh, uh, Willie Mays even said, you know, I think it was Willie that hit the ball. Uh, that Joe D called him off too late. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to say anything bad about Joe D again. You know, they were teammates. But uh, I, a lot of fans kind of got, uh, you know, that were Mickey fans. And even the players said that, you know, it, it called him off too late. You know, it, it, back then it was Mickey and Willie and I guess Duke, Duke Snyder. Yeah. And, you know, it was like everybody would argue who was the best player of the three of them. Oh, well, you got three teams in New York, of course. Of course, New York was big enough to support three teams. Uh, but, you know, those were some great rivalries. But, you know, it's so funny. You know, you probably know how many fights there were at the bars around town. If they were Mickey fans, Willie fans, Duke fans, no telling how many fuss fights there were. <laughs> and, and I mean, for like somebody who's actually the person, like your father or Willie Mays, and people are fighting about who's better, I mean, what do they think about that? Are they thinking like, this is like the stupidest thing that people are fighting about who's better, me or Willie Mays? God, you saying that, that, I can remember dad saying to me, man, that's stupid. And then, <laughs> but I guarantee you they thought that they, dad's going, hey, you know, we're all just, uh, we're paid to do, uh, you know, do our thing. And that's what they did. You think because your, your dad came from a small town and, and he grew up the way he did. And now he goes to New York and there's all these lights and, you know, all these beautiful things is one of the reasons that he would party so much. I don't know. I think, you know, of course, going to New York that, and then seeing all the skyscrapers and this and that. And then, you know, everybody uh, pulling on his sleeve to say, hey, you know, uh, you know, as he started getting more famous, uh, you know. Hey, come out with us, this and that. And then uh, I, I I don't really know how to do that, but or say about that. But I do, uh, uh, it. what was I going to say? I hate when this happens. No, I mean, that, that, you know, that your dad was this young kid who happened to be a great baseball player, goes to New York, and it just would make sense that it would be hard for a, a 19, 20, 20-year-old kid I mean, he's just a kid. I mean, oh he, yes, he's a baseball player, and to, to to the to the public, he's a superhero. But he's just a person, and you know, it's easy to start drinking and going out and partying with your friends uh, who are also, you know, these famous people. Yeah, and you know, uh, there were people that you know, like I said earlier, that would use you. People that you know would he thought was his friends, uh, you know, that weren't on the team and uh, would take him out and he just started getting that. But I started telling people, you know, dad did not like drugs at all. 
And uh, I don't think he ever took anything for the pain. And you know how alcohol is a progressive disease. I think that uh, he started out, the alcohol was kind of like a painkiller for him. And it just, you know, got worse. And after he got injured in the outfield at that time, was he ever able to run as fast as he would before that or that? What And what year was that when he got injured like that? Oh, uh, God, 51 was the first, or no, 52, I'm sorry, was the first year. And, uh, uh, but, you know, it just seemed like all through his career, something happened. I think that's another reason, like we were talking, fans loved him because he played injured. He told me one time, he goes, man, I didn't want to sit on that bench because he goes, the guy sitting next to you could take your job. I mean, that's how good everybody was. And, you know, they each respected that, but that's good. That's why dad played. He goes, I'm playing every day because I'm not losing my job. Really? He yeah. actually thought about losing his job. Oh, yes. He said, that guy next to me could take my job. The greatest, one of the greatest players that ever lived was worried about someone taking his job. That's, that's Yes, so and I, I think that's another reason why, you know, that made him the mix. And uh, he just, he had, uh, like I said earlier, determination and courage. And uh, I, I still, but talking about his speed, even with those injuries, there was a, another picture. I don't know, I keep going back to this, but I was looking at pictures all weekend of dad. And, uh, you know, where he, uh, you know, he was left-handed. He could get to first base in uh, 3.1 seconds, I think it was. And uh, it's, it's the picture of him. Man, he got to the bag right before the ball got there. But you could see the pain on his face from running. Wow. And he would put down a bunt every once in a while. Oh, yes. But, you know, if you ever notice some of his bunts, he's already headed down that line. And that bat's the only thing over that plate. <laughs> I mean, he did. Back then, did they have batting coaches to help him teach him how to hit? Or it was just. Oh, I'm sure they did. Uh, it's probably not like today, but, you know, they might even have their own personal batting guy. Who knows? But back then, that you know, they had their uh, uh, all their coaches and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, but dad was, you know, they. I think after they kind of saw him, they kind of just left him alone because he said even, he goes, man, I, every time I went to the plate, I was up there to hit a home run. And that's, he struck out a lot, but, you know, he hit some big home runs. But he didn't strike out a lot compared to today's standards. You oh, know? no. I mean. But, uh, oh, shoot. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I know. I was saying back then, you know, but but today he would be, you know, he, he, they strike out 200 times now. Your dad never struck out 200 times, I don't think. I don't think he did. But, uh, you know, he struck out a lot. <laughs> but uh, that, I think that's why he'd get those uh, boos a lot. But, uh especially at Yankee stadium. It's it's I, I've never understood that why, you know, here, here the Mick is, but you know, I think the booing made him uh, stronger and uh, more determined. Rub your eyes often blurry or double vision driving at night, red light, stop. You may have keratoconus, a progressive eye disease, which can cause vision loss. Visit. Could it to take the quiz? If you rub your eyes, and are experiencing changes to your vision, this may be a symptom of keratoconus, a progressive eye disease that may lead to significant vision loss. Early diagnosis is important, so don't ignore the simple act of rubbing your eyes. Please visit livingwithkc.com.
Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. The All Eyes Visual VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEbroadcasting.com and sign up today. Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.